This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Clint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers Mike Bendis joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? Well, that's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weights. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Bill Gottlieb, I guess, here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandela, I guess, here. Jason Walker, deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show, broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Hey, what up? Happy uh, Wednesday. The Jason Walker Show presented by Capital Collision Center. Montana State Law says it is your vehicle. It is your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center. They're inside the major mortgage man cave on a Wednesday. And big show coming up today. We're going to check in a couple of our uh, favorite interviews from over the weekend as we'll chat with Travis Lule. We'll hear our conversation with him. And also we'll hear from uh, Dan Carpenter. So we got a cat and a grizz on today, and um, they get their thoughts on going into the Montana Football Hall of Fame and uh, playing in the pros. So there's that coming up. Also, we're going to talk with Lance Hartzler from 406MTSports.com. He is the beat writer for the uh, Grizzlies, and uh, we had him on a little uh, about a year ago, but he was talking then covering Northern Arizona, and now he's in Missoula. But the name, image, likeness officially starts tomorrow. So we'll talk to him about that. How does it affect the cats? How does it affect the Grizz? What does it mean moving forward and and going forward like that? So uh, with that, all right, uh, we also have On This Day in History and much more coming up. But uh, we will talk some uh, NIL, like I said, with, with uh, Lance Hartzler. But we're going to start by chatting about Helena and Kendrick Legion Field. So the city commission has approved... Um, a lot of money for upgrades at Kendrick Legion Field. The city owns the stadium. The preliminary budget that was announced yesterday includes $125,000 for field turf and $95,000 for replacing the bleachers. I mean, the stadium's old. It was It was built in 1932. Now you've got three American Legion baseball teams using it the reps, the senators, and the uh, independents, including tonight when the senators take on the Great Falls Chargers at 7 o'clock in a uh, conference game. Then you got the Keith Sell tournament this weekend. But a lot of um, action is on that field. Now, the $250,000, or the, the field turf costs 250000 so therefore the city's going to pay for half, and I think they want the uh, the Helen American Legion to come up with the other half. Now, the Expedition League wants to come here. They're in Butte. What are they, the Mining City Tommy Knockers? They want to come to Helena. And we'll see if, uh, if that happens. But a lot of the Legion argument was there's too much use on the field. 
and you know the the Helena Brewers are no longer here. The Legion program would just love to have that field by itself, but they have to. I mean, it's the city's field. And look, I get it. The Legion team. I, I love I love Legion baseball. I played it. Love it. We'll have Senators coach John Burnett on tomorrow. But the city has to come up with some. The the Legion teams have to come up with some money. And the Expedition League is still wanting to come here. And Legion's lease expires at the end of 2021. And I know that they would like to keep it in themselves. But will the Expedition League, or would Bat League, come here? The Expedition League says, look, it's got to have, you know, it, it's got to have the field turf. Helena Senators got to have the field turf. So we'll see if it happens. It costs about 250000 per year to operate Helena Legion Baseball. And I'm not... I'm against the turf for baseball. I think it takes away from, from the game a little bit. Um, I played at Kendrick when I played for the Bozeman Bucks. It's a great field, and this—I mean, this was 30 years ago, and it's been redone much better than it was 30 years ago. But there's just something about the dirt. There's something about grass, and you know, field turf's great for football, probably for soccer, but not for baseball. So I I would be against the field turf. I am for the replacing the seats, those orange, decrepit Oakland Coliseum seats. They're uh, they're ugly, and they need to be they need to be gone. They're falling apart. They're cracked. They're some of them are unsafe. Just uh, get rid of those. So that's my thoughts. You can weigh in anytime at Jay Walker Sports on the Twitter. You can email Jason at JasonWalkerShow.com, Facebook as well, and uh, go from there. Senators play tonight after winning uh, down in Bozeman over the weekend. Now they're uh, home tonight, taking on Great Falls in a conference uh, game. And then you got the Keith Sell coming up this week which is always a fun, hot weekend of baseball, and it's going to be fun and hot weekend of baseball. Will fireworks happen across the state? We'll see. That'd be interesting. Well, Sheriff Leo Dutton on the, on tomorrow, by the way, to talk about fireworks safety, fire uh, prevention. I mean, we're getting – it's heating up in a hurry here in Montana. Um, tomorrow we're also going to chat with uh, John Burnett, like I said, from the Helena Senator. There you go. All right, so over the weekend, we had fun down in Billings, the Montana Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony. We're going to hear from Dan Carpenter in a little bit, but I want to step back in case you missed it Saturday. Here's our conversation we had with Bobcat great Travis Lule. Gosh, got a chance to talk with this guy a little bit last night. If you're a Bobcat fan, you'll recognize him. Even if you're not, you'll recognize him. The great Travis Lule. How are you, my friend? I am great, Jason. Good to be on the show. Hey, I'd be, uh, I, ha- I can't not do the Lule, Lule, Lule. Go ahead. Did you ever get sick of hearing that? <laughs> no. 
Well, there was a time or two when I try to sneak in somewhere and somebody would recognize me and start it up, and oh, I'm exposed. I can't sneak out of here. I'm going to be talking to people for a few more minutes. So, like the R bar, for instance, maybe for, in instance, yeah. for instance, or spectators, or specs. Yeah, yeah there was lots of great places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how's retirement? been good i get beat up a lot less so that's go. a plus uh no it's been good the transition to life after football has been good um you know you get stuck in it for so long and uh you know i've heard it described and i think it's pretty accurate it's like you're in the eye of the storm and you don't really see what's going on outside because you're so you have it's so intense focus and uh the competition's so high and you always got to be on your game they literally film everything we do right so you're just always on and <clears throat> The emotional highs are really high and the lows are really low. And so you just ride that roller coaster. And so, you know, at the end, uh, I worked for the club for a year as I was transitioning out of playing after I retired. And I just knew, you know, that home was calling, Oregon was calling. My, my, my wife and I went to high school together. So she has family there. My brother and sister-in-law, my brother married an anaconda girl, I actually brought her back to Oregon. So, uh, so. Uh, he has four girls. I have three girls. That's what we do, make little girls, apparently. Uh, but we're raising our kids around the cousins and grandparents and stuff, and so that's been really good. I can just, it just, it feels good. I haven't been, you know, it's a bit of a scary ledge to step off outside of the world of pro football, which I've been in for so long, And uh, but it's been a been a really good transition the last year and a half. I may know the answer to this, but favorite moment in the Bobcat uniform? You might know the moment, yeah, would it would have been. November of '02 in okay. Missoula. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was uh... <laughs> uh, particularly in hindsight, that was uh, pretty special. You know, not knowing, I joke that probably the best recruiting pitch Montana State did when they were seeking me out was to not tell me the streak against <laughs> the rival Montana Grizzlies. So, um, and so I, I actually, this is not a, no joke. I learned that during training camp that year. I had a buddy from uh, from Helena, and he was, you know, we're in the students, and he's like, you know, we got to do something about this streak. And I'm like, what streak? What are we talking about? He's like, oh, well, you don't know. We haven't beat, like, Montana State hasn't beat Montana since 1984. I was like, holy cow, yeah, we got to, you know, what are we doing? And so to be a part of the team that was able to, to win and then win three out of four, and it just kind of, you know, you see the, where the program's at now, and, the money that's been infused there and the stadium expansion, it's bowled in, it's turfed out, there's lights. I mean, the brand-new athletic complex, football athletic complex and things going in, I mean, it's, it's really exciting. And you wear a little bit of pride being an alum, uh, seeing what's happening in, in Bozeman. So hopefully Coach Brent Vegan and can continue that, that thing on the right train. Um, so looking back, that was just it was fun to be a part of. Uh, you know, an era of the program that kept the ball rolling in the right direction. Right? I really so. got it started, you know, going forward. Um, I don't know if I asked you this last night. How long was the run against NAU at Bobcat Stadium? Oh, how long? Was it 60 long? or 64? I don't remember the length of the run. I just remember the timing of the run. And <laughs> there was like, you know, whatever, 40 seconds left. The game looked over. Had a long run for a touchdown. And then it was like, well, still, we still got to get an onside kick. Right. Score again. And we did. Nate Cook had a perfect onside kick. Corey Smith recovered. I remember sliding on our sideline. We got the ball back on the 40 with 25 seconds or something and scrambled once, got a completion here, and then ended up sneaking it in for the game winner. That was that was a good one. That's a fun one. I could talk about that game for a long time. <laughs> that was a good game. Yeah. All right, I got to know. Did you guys on the sidelines, could you hear the first down call from the press box? And then obviously the state, the students got super involved. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. First down's good. Whenever you're hearing first downs, we're on the right, field. Right, I mean, right. I was I was geared up. I was getting the next play, but I wanted to hear it. Yeah. 
You're like, hold on, coach. Wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Just signal it to me because if you're talking when they're hollering, I can't, I can't get the play out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so how often do you get back to Bozeman? How many games do you attend now? Uh, I'd love to get to more. I mean, honestly, la- I mean, last year didn't happen. Right. Um, and the year prior, I was still working for the Lions football club, the BC Lions in Canada. So I was still tied down to the games. I was doing some media stuff, doing a little pregame radio show. Um, and then I traveled a handful of times. So I did come back to one game that year. Obviously, when I was playing, I could never get back. Right. We, oh, were just, we were playing games. So I've, been, I've only been to, since my brother graduated in 08, I saw a handful of those games because I was, uh, in 2007, I was on the injured reserve with the Seahawks, so I could come to a good bit of those games. In 08, I saw a game or two in between football. I uh, spent most of that season with the Seahawks in 08, and then I hadn't. I went to one game in 11. Right after we won the Great Cup, actually, the, the Bobcats were hosting a quarterfinal game, I want to say, so they were still alive, still playing, so I saw that game. Uh, it was a win in Bozeman, and then and then I didn't go again till the fall of 19, and I got invited back, and, you know, they did a little tribute to the, having retired that spring. Um, so those are those are two games I've been to in the last 12 years, so I hope to get to more. Oh, it was so dang, so dang fun to get back, you know. Obviously, I got a lot of guys from my era that are, you know, now season ticket holders and boosters and fans and whatnot, and so it's just, obviously, I still see so many familiar faces. We got my wife and I's home base. After I graduated, we got married right out of college, and home base was in Bozeman for us. So the first four or five years I was playing professionally, I was chasing football from home in Bozeman. And so we still have a lot of great relationships there. So, I mean, I look for an excuse to get back whenever I can. Oh, man. I, I would love to get, I got to get you on the show again when we can have more time. Let's do it. Because I know you got to go. Give me a holler. You bet. Yeah, I'm making the rounds today, but whenever you got a chance. Congratulations on the induction. Yep. I Thank know it means a lot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it really does. Really... I mean, tremendous group of individuals, and this Montana Football Hall of Fame is is a pretty uh, pretty special thing to now get to be a part of. So I'm humbled. Travis Lule, everybody, appreciate Thank you it, much. man. Take care. You bet. It's, uh, yeah. That was Travis Lule joining us uh, from uh, Billings Saturday at the uh, media opportunity for all the Hall of Fame inductees for the Montana Football Hall of Fame. Lots of fun. I can't wait. We're going to get him back on when we can uh, when we can have a, a full length conversation because I want to hear more stories from that NAU game sitting in Bobcat Stadium. And watching this thing happen, and you're—I mean—you're just like everybody else, thinking uh, Cats are going to lose. And then all of a sudden, he rips off like a 60-yard touchdown run, and then the onside kick, and then you know, <laughs> and the Cats win. I mean, it was just magical. And, and you know, he, he Travis Lule really started along with the rest of the guys on the, the 2002-2006 teams, um, the run that they're on right now. You know, that that was where the foundation really got built. And then uh, continued into uh, a semifinal run a few a uh, couple years ago. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. When we do, we're going to check in with Lance Hartzler. Lance is uh, working for 406mtsports.com over in Missoula covering the Grizz. And the NIL pass today, name, image, and likeness, it starts tomorrow. How will it affect the Cats and the Grizz? We'll talk to Lance Hartzler next. Jason Walker Show presented by Capital Collision Center. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. 
When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Hey, welcome back. It's a Wednesday. Beautiful. Like 93, I think, right now. Here in Helena. 95.4 here in Helena. Love it. I got, you give me the heat every day. Jason Walker Show presented by Capital Collision Center. This segment brought to you by Rutgers Furniture. Make the quality choice for your home at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. You can listen to us. Podbean, Network One Sports, TreasureStateRadio.com. And uh, if you miss anything, always go to JasonWalkerShow.com for uh, for anything else. We're going to talk to Grizz legend, Helena High legend, Dan Carpenter coming up here in a little bit. And also on this day in history. But I want to welcome in, I, I don't know, is this the second time you've been on? But the first time living in Montana, it is 406MTSports.com, sports writer uh, for the Missoulian, Lance Hartzler. How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, I think it's the second time. The first time you had me on was about last year, around this time last summer, when I wrote that uh, athletic fee-related story back at the Arizona Daily Sun. <laughs> and and how did that go for you? It went well. I loved it. Yeah. And yeah, ever since then, obviously things have been well. Now I find myself in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was I was shocked a little bit when I saw that because with Jordy Hansen moving over to the news side, they're like, well, we need a sports writer, and they got a really good one in you, I think. I like to think so. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got thrown right into the mix, though, man, when you got here uh, with state tournaments and softball and track and then, uh, you know, everything else happening in April and May. It's just kind of uh, welcome to welcome to Montana and, and high school sports right away. Yeah, exactly. One of the first things I covered was a Riverbank uh, marathon and then immediately getting the state track and just the kind of downturn of state championship stuff. It was about the right time to get in because now things are chill. A lot of long-term projects, and I like that. Absolutely, as Lance Harsler joins us here from the, the Missoulian. Um, but you didn't get to cover high school sports a whole lot last year in Arizona. At least you get to cover high school sports Montana. 
Yeah, exactly. That was honestly refreshing. I didn't cover to track meet for a good probably year and a half, two years, and then I come to Missoula and I cover four in like five days. <laughs> <laughs> Did you forget what it was like and how fast these guys are? Honestly, I forgot how much I love track. So I actually ran it in high school, and I okay. wanted to run it in college. But, like, I realized, oh, yeah, I like the sport. <laughs> Are you a heat guy? Because I know it's about 95 over Missoula, too. Do you like the heat? I like the heat. I'm from Phoenix. I grew up in the 115, molded by it, but I escaped it for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I love the heat, man. I'll take it. I'll go to Phoenix all day long. Uh, Lance Hartzler joining us from the Missoulian. All right, name, image, likeness. We knew it was coming. It's been talked about for about five years. It finally goes into effect tomorrow. Break down how it how it affects each state because is it different still? Right. It is. It's weird because right. You mentioned it. How the NCAA has this been a work in progress for what feels like ages. Right. It's been since before I even was. I was in college when this was really first brought up by the NCAA, and even well before that. Basically, the NCAA just said, don't listen to our current rules. You can make money off your own name, image, and likeness no matter what. If you are in a state that does not have a legislation, have at it. You're not violating NCAA policies. Go make money off your own name. Go get an endorsement from a local bar. Go get something from a restaurant. Go show up for a paid like endorsement. You can now, you can now sell your autograph. It's little things like that. But if you're in a state like Montana, for instance, even though the law doesn't go into effect till 2023, your state law still takes precedent. So if the state law says other things that you can't do, you can't do those things. I don't know the specifics on the Montana law yet. So I'm still trying to dive into it, unfortunately. But knowing that the law doesn't go into effect till 2023, Montana is with a lot of the other states. But like, I think California, I think some of the southern states like Alabama, they go into effect tomorrow. So those laws will take precedent there. Well, who did you, who's the uh, J-Bo, the Bohannon kid from, is it Iowa, that's going to go to a fireworks? Yeah. Did you see that? He's going to a fireworks yeah, exactly. stand tomorrow selling, like, raffle tickets for his shoes, um, but he's making money immediately. Yeah, you can immediately go do those type of things. The NCAA put out a statement saying you can't have prior stuff lined up in deals, but clearly they're not enforcing that because he already has something lined up to happen after tomorrow, so right. I'm kind of intrigued the NCAA actually enforces that. I'm doubtful, obviously. Hey, I saw you some... can go make money. Right. You can have your own trademark. I think a Wisconsin player put out, he has his own trademark now. I, uh, Lance Hartzler joining us. I, I'm just throwing up uh, something I saw from Sports Illustrated, um, but it basically it was uh, Ross Dellinger from SI. Dot com, but he basically was like, NCAA says you can do it, but really we don't want you to. Is that, I mean, basically what, what it yeah. is? <laughs> yeah, that kind of that kind of lines up with the vibe I've gotten to. Uh, I think most schools are all for it, but the NCAA is still trying to clutch their pearls with amateurism. Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, Lance Hartzler, our guest here, Missoulian sports reporter, uh, Jason Walker Show. Do you, you cover the Grizz basketball? And if Frank still has football yep. or you got football? No, I'm doing all basketball. I'll help with football if need be, but I'm here to cover basketball for the most part. Gotcha, and some preps. Um, All right, so how does this affect schools like Montana and Montana State? And I know we we still have, what, two years, I guess, before it really affects them. But if you're the quarterback, like I saw John Tester say, if you're the quarterback for the Cats Grizz, everybody knows who you are. Um, So they're going to make more money. How does it affect the rest of these these programs? And and is there going to be equality across the board? 
I think there will be, actually. Ken Haslam and I talked about it a little bit. It wasn't the entire subject of our conversation a week ago. I wrote a story shortly after the SCOTUS ruling regarding the educational benefits that the and that now schools can give to athletes. They can basically pay for an athlete's laptop, graduate internships, study abroad programs. Now, I actually, during that interview, mentioned, hey, what about NIL? I know, obviously, it's a week ahead. He thinks there's going to be a pretty even footing because there's obviously high demand for the women's athletes, high demand for the non-revenue sports such as soccer, such as volleyball, cross country. They're still names, and they can still have a following. They'll get something. Obviously, the quarterback at UM, that's the big guy. Quarterback Mm -hmm. at MSU, that's the major calling card. They might get the most money, but there's still going to be opportunities for local kids, especially someone on Twitter, I forgot their name, they pointed it out to me. A kid from, let's say, a small town, Haver, Montana, they can get an endorsement deal in Haver while still going to UM and get a, get some money from just being a name in their hometown. I don't know if there's an athlete like that, but you get the point. Right. You can be a small town community kid and get some money just by showing up in your community and having like that hometown hero bus. That's an option, and that's an easy just pocket money for these kids to have. I didn't think of it that way because you're, I'm thinking of Bozeman, Missoula, car dealers, restaurants, things like that. But yeah, if you're from, you know, two two dot or or you know Twin Bridges or wherever, you can make right. some bank in the in your hometown, I guess. Exactly. You can. I I don't know for sure, but the, from my understanding, you can use your school's name as well. You don't have to be vague and be like, oh, I'm a college quarterback. You're like, no, I'm the UM quarterback. You can make that part of your likeness. It doesn't. I don't think that makes a difference. I need to check on that. Though. Well, no, I think you're right That's because one of the many gray areas in the past they were they were allowed to like you could get. I know, like I talked to Wes Ross, a Great Falls Central coach, about his football camp earlier this month, and he had a quarterback or a, a player from the Grizz that played a Great Falls Central, but the guy couldn't say who he was. They couldn't promote him, and right. had this been tomorrow, they they totally could have. Yep, then that lines up. So now they can brand themselves exactly as they are. I am the middle back for the UM women's soccer team. I'm the quarterback for the UM football wide out for MSU. And at NAIA level, they've been doing it for a year. They passed that back in 2020. And have they, has the NCAA, so like has Kent Haslam or Leon Costello, have they seen how the NAI has done it in the state of Montana? Now, Granted, we had a we had a we had a COVID year where nobody was allowed in the stands. I don't know if that affected these kids making money. That is something I'm looking into as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ho- I'm hoping to ask Ken Asim that exact question pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, because have they? You know, I, I just want to know if they reached out to teams like Tech or Carroll or Western to see, hey, how did you guys right. do this? How are you doing it? Because the NAI usually follows the NCAA. This time it was a little reversed. Um, right. That usually doesn't happen. The NEI took precedent, and now UM, MSU, they can look at those schools and say, all right, how did you craft your policies? Give us just give us an idea. And, and I'm, I'm th- I think to me, and the NCAA is real big, well, they say they're real big, like on Title IX, which they violate themselves left and right. We saw it with the volleyball tournament. We see it with softball championships. I mean, we see right. it left and right with, with yeah. basketball of, of big ones. But yeah. You know, if, if, let's go big time. Let's say that the quarterback of Alabama or the goalkeeper in soccer at Alabama, they're not going to make the same amount. How does Title IX play into the NIL? Or does it? 
Man, that's a great question. I think that's what schools are asking themselves right now. I think that's what the compliance officers are trying to figure out. Is how do we make sure we're not in violation of any other rules? Because I think with the NIL, the way it works, the schools aren't sending their athletes to get money. It's up to the athletes as individuals. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really contradict because the schools are not providing that for them. The schools will provide, supposedly, some are doing this, they're working with firms to basically guide their athletes to show, hey, here's what you can do. Here's the best reporting process to make sure we're within our actual policies and you're not doing anything wrong. Then athletes are just on their own. If they want to make money, it's up to them. It's not really a UM is going to give opportunities. The NCAA just said, hey, we're not going to stop you from doing this. Now, UM, MSU, Big Sky Conference, they can make their own rules. That's why I said to limit or to specify what they can do. Okay. That's another question mark going forward of like what exactly does that look like? But for the most part, athletes can just have free run to really make some money off their own name. That's just nuts. Um, are you a fan of this? Oh, I love it. I've been okay. all for this since for the, whenever, whenever really it first entered the mainstream discussion in like, a, like five, six years ago. You know, and, and I think what changed my mind is Lance Hartzler, our guest here on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline, was last week I'm driving to Billings, and I'm listening to some sports guys talking about this. And I was always on the side of, look, college, you're getting your scholarship, you get your school paid for, I, you know, wh- however much it is, academics, athletics, I, I, you, don't need to, you don't need this. But what changed my mind was – the fact that, you know, that Sabrina from, you know, science class can go out and get a full-time job, and sometimes in the case like my daughter working two or three jobs to get through college, she can make money. She had scholarships. Now, her athletics wasn't paid for, but she didn't do athletics. But she had academic scholarships. They're still allowed to go make money. So that was – and I, I never thought about it for all those years until last week was going, wait a sec. If my daughter can go get a job, why can't Joe Blow or why, you know, she can make money. She can go, you know, sell, she can get a patent if she wanted and make money off of it. Why can't right. an athlete? Does that make sense? No, it absolutely does. Why It puts athletes on a different level. It takes away the student and it just goes against what the NCAA has always preached. It puts them on a completely different level than a normal athlete saying they can't make money like a normal student would all because they get their school paid for. Well, a normal student does with academic scholarships. I know plenty of non-athletes that had full-ride scholarships. Mm -hmm. Well, and one way to look at it too, though, and this was part of my argument for all these years was, look, I know how many pairs of shoes, uh, you know, the football team players are getting, the basketball team, you know, the clothing, all this. There's a lot of benefits that these kids get. Now, the school's making, the school's not making any money off my daughter, um, you know, going to family therapy and sociology classes, but they're sure as hell making money on on these uh, these student athletes, um, especially the revenue sports. So why Absolutely. not give back to Absolutely. the kids now? And I, I get it. I just don't want to see it getting too overblown. Where you know you look at somebody at Alabama is going to get, let's say, you know, the quarterback there gets a hundred thousand. Well, how much is the quarterback at MSU going to get? You know, it's true. Is, and that's, that's the mark that then becomes just some fact of the market. Like got some people are going to be worse because they are more notable. They have, I don't, I'm throwing a number, a thousand, two thousand Twitter followers compared to a five-star recruit who has 50. Mm-hmm. That's just the difference in how popular you are as an athlete, how good you are. 
But again, these kids have an opportunity that's kind of unique in Montana because there's no pro sports. People right. look to UM and MSU athletes as a really special level. I've learned that very quickly here. They see these people as a little bit higher than a lot of college communities would because there's no pro sports here outside of the paddleheads. Well, how, how does this affect uh, uh, Lance Hartzler, our guest here? How does this affect um, recruiting now? Because this becomes, right. I think, a big recruiting pitch going, well, look, we've got such and such and such in our town. This town doesn't. You should come here because we can guarantee that you're going to make more money. Something that Kent Haslam did say to me, the NCAA and everyone is trying to make sure it does not become almost like the recruiting inducements, which is another fancy way of saying the recruiting bribery that have happened and played NCAA sports ever since forever. Right. <laughs> That's obviously something they don't want to happen. No pay for play, no inducements, but a school can still tout saying, hey, we have a department that can help you get endorsements. We have a system to get you money off your own likeness. That is a recruiting tool within the rules. And if UM has something set up like that, MSU, they can point to that and say, hey, we're going to get your name out there. We're going to help you do this and make yourself some money and give yourself a following. That way you can have success post-athletics. Because a lot of this, I think they're going to gear it towards that. This is post-athletic success for them to help them further their own lives. Because think about it. A lot of these athletes at UM, MSU aren't going to play pro sports. Right. A good select few are. It does happen. But for the most part, they're there to get their degrees. They are more so student than athletes in Alabama. That's well known. That's understand. Sure. And why not help them get some money and use that as a recruiting tool? I'm a big fan of women's athletics, and I, I just don't want to see women suffer moving forward because of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just – I don't want them to get screwed over uh, more than they already have been. Totally understandable. And I think that won't be as big of an issue as some think it. Kent Haslam actually used the exact phrase. I didn't put it in my story that I wrote up. He's all for one of his a women, a women's athlete using their TikTok to promote themselves and make some money. Cause I'm sure there's a good number that have very large followings on social media oh, yeah. that I don't pay attention to. I'm on Twitter. That's it. <laughs> You're not on TikTok making videos? Uh, I am not on TikTok. I'm only 25, but I'm too old for TikTok. Dude, I don't even understand it, so I, I haven't even touched it. Lance Hartzler, our guest here. <laughs> um, the, you know, Dan Patrick, was, I was listening to him last week talking about this a little bit too, and he said, and then going back to the recruiting pitch, is you know, kids go to schools that have Nike or Under Armour or whatever it is, whatever their, their favorite um, and I think that now, I mean, that's been a recruiting tool for a long time. You know, when Carol right. switched over from Riddle to Nike, I mean, that was a huge deal four or five years ago. Um, and, right. and I think that now becomes part of the recruiting pitch as well. Like, look, we're at Nike school. We've got this dealership that's going to pay you right off the top. Uh, you know, I just, I'm still, I, I'm for it, but I'm still gun shy. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm intrigued to see how it's implemented. And there's a lot of gray area. We don't know exactly how it's going to look. The NCAA just finally said, after a lot of pressuring, a lot of issues, hey, no rule, have fun. And they kind of just left it up to everyone to figure it out. Right. In good old NCAA fashion, have fun figuring it out. And now it's kind of up to individual schools and their conferences. And knowing the way the Big Sky Conference works, 
they're probably going to work together to, to create some policies that every Big Sky school will use. That's often what we've seen. That's what happened with COVID. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with other specific things. I wouldn't shock me if that's what the Big Sky does. Well, and with they that, no comment when I asked last week, but now I think they're going to have a comment. Now the NCAA well, exactly. put them on, put it on them. Yeah, exactly. And the Big Sky is usually out in front, really, of a lot of the conferences in Division One, um, with a lot Austin, of you yeah, know, social, the, social ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I think that's the way to do it is to come up with a conference wide policy, whether it's Pac twelve, Big Ten, whatever it is, or Big Sky, to where Lance, you have to, so that it doesn't get. You know, you're, you don't have a school like Missoula, for instance, paying or getting more money for these student athletes than somebody like a, a Sac State or Portland State, Eastern Washington, which is poor as hell, um, athletically. And right. so I think that's a smart idea by the big sky and Tom Wisher. So they have to come up with something, in my opinion. I think giving all schools equal access to resources to show their athletes how they can profit off their own likeness. Obviously, a school cannot pay their athletes directly. That's not how this works. That's right. pay for play. That's still not okay. But boosters at a school supposedly can lend a hand, according to I think Ross Dellinger, I think tweeted it, or uh, Nicole Auerbeck from the Athletic. Mm-hmm. I think one of them showed that screen grab of the NCAA rules. Boosters have power in this, where they can, because they're individuals that are giving charitable funds to schools. If they have an organization, they can pay an athlete to do something. <laughs> I bet <laughs> using you using that athlete's name and likeness. Craig James would love to uh, have been at SMU right now and, uh, and <laughs> instead of <laughs> you know, back in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, I did read an article, uh, frontofficesports.com, Amanda Kristovich Christ, uh, uh, today, but this is one thing too. Forget D1, forget Cats Grizz. You look at an MSU Billings or a Division three school, which doesn't even have scholarships. How does this affect right. the smaller schools now? And will we – I mean – this is a, they're already at a disadvantage, like she says, but now it's even worse. The thing is, they can now, I think from what I understand, the policy is D1, D2, and D3. They now can implement NIL. And a D3 athlete can go make money off themselves. It's all across NCAA. Right. I just, I, I, but you're coming to the, like I said, the, you, you know, it's Cats Grizz, but in the same state, you've got a Division two school that is not making near as much money. Um, and no, I know they're not. not paying them, but you're already at a disadvantage at MSUB, and now you've got to deal with this as far as recruiting with, you know, Montana or Montana State. You're not going to get those drop-downs anymore probably. No, that's a good point, and you may not because now kids are going to want to say, hey, I'm an athlete at UM. That's a better for my own personal marketing than saying I'm an athlete at MSUB. That's a good point. I think that's just a – Easiest way to describe it, I may not like it. That's the market working because yeah. if you're a more notoriable athlete, you can then get better endorsements. You can then make more money because you just happen to be a better athlete or you play at a bigger school. That's unfortunately how it's going to work. So there's going to be disparity in that, but at least they have the option to try. I think that's the root of this. The NCAA is no longer stopping them from trying to make money off their own personal name. I brought this up they last. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just, yeah, I was just saying. <laughs> you fit. You're, you're, the you get, you're the guest. Yeah. You go. <laughs> <laughs> just going to finish saying, now they at least have the freedom to make money off their own selves. That's what the NCAA has finally allowed them to do. I brought this up last year, I think, with, with Jordy Hansen. But will, will, I, I, my, one of my biggest fears, aside from what we've talked about already with the women's athletics, but on your own team, 
is that 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 number one starter on the basketball team, the the you know the stud on the uh, the number one guy. He's is there going to be animosity in locker rooms because the number twelve guy isn't going to get paid as much, or girl, or in football, you know, it's going to be the 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 quarterback, maybe the star linebacker, you know, Jace Lewis, but then that that guy that's you know. 86th on the roster or 82nd on the roster is not going to be making nearly as much. Will there be animosity in locker rooms and how do coaches deal with this? Man, I, that's a great point. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I would, I would hope that schools are able to get to their athletes that, Hey, it's not, it's no use being jealous or frustrated that someone is able to get some more money just based off their athletic talents. But there might be some, I can't speak for athletes and I, coaches are going to have to figure out a way how to handle that if it comes up it sounds like a terrible thing to have to deal with but i, I don't have to deal with it no it's, no but we can report on it when it happens exactly uh, I'll, I'll be sure to mention it if it comes up i, I genuinely hope it doesn't because that would just be unfortunate right yeah i don't i don't want travis to cure to have to deal with that or you know a danny sprinkle or i mean when and that's you know as a coach are they more happy with the nil passing or the transfer portals, because that's a whole different topic, but it's causing the same amount of headaches at schools. I can't speak for Travis Secure. I've not asked him point blank quite yet. I've only met, I've actually only met him once, and I've had a couple conversations on the side here and there since I moved here. But from what I understand, from what I know of other college coaches, they'll just roll with whatever the NCAA does at this point. <laughs> so things are changing. I think they've accepted it. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, it's I, I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime, but. You know, like I said, I'm happy for these kids. I'm still a little gun shy, but uh, I hope they figure it out. If that makes any sense. No, it does. I'm, I'm all. I'm happy this finally happened. The NCAA finally caved. Now it's just a matter of where do schools take it? How do mm. athletes then implement this? Where does this grow? Obviously, they're not done. I'm sure there's going to be new policies. The NCAA set it themselves. This is an interim policy until federal legislation is adopted or the NCAA caves and writes their own rules. Which is never going to happen. And then it may not happen in our lifetime because the NCAA and Mark Emmett are so just, they're on top of stuff, right? Well, exactly. But <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be an interesting thing to watch. All right, what are we watching for from you here in the next coming weeks at uh, 406mtsports.com? Well, hopefully some more updates on NIL and how it actually affects the local schools. Very much hoping to work on some stuff on that. And in the meantime, just prepping for the fall sports season. You're going to see a lot of previews from myself and Frank Gola and Bill Seltz and the rest of the 406 guys. Hey, uh, tell Jordy hi. Are you an outdoors guy like him? Because he's kind of weird. Yes. yes, I am. I'm not as hippie as, I'm not as, hippie as Jordan, but I am very outdoorsy. <laughs> uh, hippie, I like that because that's a that's a strong word to use in in Missoula there. But all right, uh, what's what have you loved most about Missoula so far? I don't know why, man. The restaurants. This is not a bad place to eat here. The best like, place the is closed. Here is great. Eh, have now, you, what's that? What's the best place? Well, it was Hooters, but it closed. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the only reason to go to Missoula. I love it. See, I'm a Bobcat, so I can give Missoula a hard time. I did I did have a really good conversation with Coach Hauk last week. You know who's really funny? Marty Morningwig. Holy cow. Really? Um, you'll get a chance to meet him, I'm sure, over there, but because uh, him him and the family are living there now. But um, that was a fun weekend with uh, the Morningwigs. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, and then Brent Musburger dropping F-bombs. It was just fantastic. <laughs> 
So you, you think we have to worry about it when we're on the air, but, I mean, this guy's like 83, I, but still smart he, as he now. Doesn't, he doesn't care anymore. He, he'll, he'll go ahead and do it. Yeah, whatever. He's uh, he's what, he's doing the voice of the Raiders. Yeah, apparently. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, heard, I, I forgot all about that, but, yeah. Hey, um, appreciate it. Uh, stay in touch. We're going to get you on a lot during the prep season because uh, just because uh, we'll talk a lot of preps over there. Um because you've got the defending state champs in football, and that's a pretty big deal. So, Yeah, and a thousand other state champs, according to what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Capital Girls got volleyball and basketball. Right. Um, Sentinel football. Sentinel's really good, in, and Hellgate's good, and other stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yep, Sentinel track, and there's obviously that big hearing coming up in two weeks regarding Sentinel track, so that'll be fun. Yeah, real quick, fill us in on that. So, as far as I know, it is still going to be a court hearing. I'm looking into more info about it to see what exactly is going on, but there's still contention about Sentinel's results regarding Brooke Stainer and, that, and exactly how many events she competed in at divisionals. It's very much a toss-up. I'm confused about it because the rules don't make a lot of sense to me. Well, I thought you <laughs> could compete in, in as many as you wanted, but you could only go to state in five. Right, and apparently she didn't run in some, supposedly, but that counted as running because she had already previously qualified, which then counts as running, and it doesn't. It's just a lot of hoops that didn't make quite a lot of sense to me. I'm hoping someone can explain it to me soon. Well, when you find out, explain it to us, will you? Yeah, I'll do my best. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, uh, appreciate the time. Uh, glad you're in Montana now, and um, we'll have to uh, hit the golf course soon. Appreciate it, man. Sounds good to me. Looking forward to it. All right, that is Lance Hartzler joining us here from uh, 406MTSports.com, the Missoulian, talking uh, NIL and how it's going to affect uh, the state and, and the Cats and the Grizz and, and everybody else moving forward. But uh, it'll be interesting. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Dan Carpenter joins us next. Jason Walker Show. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid.
Uh, welcome back. Jason Walker Show. Presented by Capital Collision Center. We have some great sponsors. Auto Concepts. Speaker Sprinklers. Man. Uh, Nitro Green. Dinner's Done Right. Just some fantastic ones. Obviously, Major Mortgage, State Farm, Mike Miller, State Farm. All of our guests appear via the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline, and that includes our next one. He was a pretty good kicker at Helena High. He was a very good kicker for the Grizz, and he had a very good career in the NFL. And Dan Carpenter joins us now here on the Jason Walker Show. It's nice to meet you. Um, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, honor, really. Um, surprised, but um, truly honored. You know, great names before us and, um, and and great group of names together now. Um, so it's it's it really is amazing. You know, it's it's amazing to get all these guys together in a, in a group, you know, and uh, and Billings and. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's just it's a special special night, and been here last year or you know two years ago, I suppose, for the last event, and um, you know I'm super excited to be able to come back in the future. Yeah, no, this is great. The last night was a blast. The stories that are being told that we can never share, and um, those yeah, that, are those are super fun. That's truly the best part of it. You know, you get to uh, get to interact with guys. You know that. Usually you see for 10 minutes after a game or before a game or something or whatever, you know. And, um, but now you get together and you get to share the stories, you know. Those are always the best parts. Um, you get to hear stories that you'd never hear anywhere else. So um, it's great to get guys together. Yeah. Hey, when you're, uh, when you're uh, playing in Helena High, did you dream that you were – I mean, did you, could you have imagined the career you were going to have? No. No, never. Um I was just an average boy that grew up in Montana. You know, I wasn't uh, – there's there's nothing special about uh, anything I did. Uh, you know, I was just – I never really considered it would happen. You know, everybody you – know, all, all the kids have dreams, you know, sure. me included. You know, basketball, I was Michael Jordan when I played basketball. You know, I was – you know, it didn't matter, you know, who – you know, you know, baseball, you know, I was, you're always going to hit the game winning sure, sure. grand slam with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, you know, and it's just, you know, every kid's got all those dreams. So, um, no, it was truly amazing that something, something like that actually happened. Favorite story you can tell about playing in the NFL? Yeah, that you can tell. You yeah. have to say that part, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, well, let me know. So, what was your what's what your aha moment? Like, I've arrived. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think it's just when you you know you walk out for the first game, you know, and and uh, walk out on the field, and you know, as a as a kicker, obviously, I'm out earlier, you know, and it's like so I got. I could get that aha moment out of the way, I oh, guess, yeah. a little earlier than, you know, the rest of the guys. So um, getting out there and just, you know, looking around and, you know, you look at these stadiums and they seat, you know, 
up to 80,000 more, you know, and it's just, it's amazing. Um, and you see them filled up with people screaming. And so it's, I think that was kind of, you know, the moment it's like, oh, yeah, wow, I, look at this place. This is this is pretty neat. You know, I'm, I, I actually get to play here. And all, all these people are going to stare at me. And then you go, oh, that's kind of crazy. Oh, geez, well, no, no. All right, no, it's just something about that. Okay, back to football. <laughs> it's a little different than playing a vigilante. Yeah, you know, it is. Yeah, a little different, you know. Uh, but, you know, University of Montana, they, yeah. that's a great place to prep for uh, sure. prep for the future there. You know, it's a great venue, great fans, you know, great place to play. And still one of the loudest places I think I've ever been. Yeah, I've never been to a game there. Oh, man. I, I just was said a PA early, announcer for the Bobcats. I just so said I, earlier that if, if, if you haven't been to a game there, it's something to experience. You know, and I have... I'm guilty. I haven't been back to for a game since I left. And um, every year, you know, every fall, I'm going. I'm going. I got to pick games. Get get there. Get there. And something always comes up, you know. And it's it's getting harder and harder. But I got to get out there and and go visit again. Well, maybe we'll go together because I've never been. Like, oh, I could so. show you around. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was the PA guy in Bozeman, so with the Bobcats. For yeah, that's kind of tough then. Yeah. It, uh, can't be two places at once. Well, that and it's just it's the school across, you know, it's the other school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, across the way, <laughs> the ones we don't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is just awesome. Uh, did you golf yesterday? I did not. Okay. No, no. It was uh, – Busy time, and uh, back home, you know, at the, at the ranch, and so just, you know, animals to take care of, and yeah. it's tough to get away, and oh, uh, we would have had to come down probably a whole day in advance, you know, so um, we came down to make it here for the VIP party last night, and like I said, get to listen to some stories, tell a couple, and, <laughs> you know, and enjoy the night. What's the hardest you got hit? Because kickers aren't known for being super tough. Um... I probably did it to myself, you know, trying to tackle somebody or something. That was probably the worst time, you know. It's, that's, uh, yeah. Well, there's a reason that some of the guys just get out of the way, you know. We always look like fools half the time. Well, that's because everyone else are, you know, athletes and you're kickers. We're, kickers we're, are we're athletes made to, too. We're made to, yes, we're athletic just in a different way. Yeah, Rory Perez, when he was punting for the Cats, so he, punters are people. Yeah, well, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Different breed, but we are. You know, I mean, well, and I, you know, I laugh. You get to the NFL, you say, "Oh yeah, well, yeah, that guy that you kicked the ball to, he's made, he he gets paid to make people miss. That that can run really fast and tackle and practice all that stuff. Well, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't even get to hang out with the you team. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't practice the tackling and all that stuff. And we're not fast. Some are fast. I'm not fast. But, you know, so I don't feel that bad if, if they make me look like a fool. Okay. Did, how many did you have to try to tackle? Oh, not too many. Uh, not very many. When what you see that? that happen and you go, oh, I'm going to have to go make I'm going to oh, I'm gonna go make a fool of myself. <laughs> oh, I've been, yeah, I mean, well, when you get to that stage, it's, you know, you, usually you're the last one right. or you anything slow them down let somebody else catch up you know or whatever you can do yeah man anything grab a shoelace i don't care jersey just get yep something to get them down get it out of the way but no it's uh it's not a good feeling because usually like i said it you're going against one of their best players they they get paid to make 
other guys in the NFL miss, and not not right. you know not a not kickers who don't practice that. So uh, yeah, we, it's it's not a great feeling. So did you get like sideswiped by some big old dude? And... No, I don't. Th- Honestly, the biggest hit I ever remember was from high school, and I same thing I did it to myself. I was running down, blocking on blocking on a play, and the running back came up the sideline or something, and I peeled back, and yeah, that was. I think that was the hardest hit, and I did it to myself. But you know, I I don't know, I don't know, no nothing, nothing I really remember too much. It's good though. Yeah, it is good. I guess yeah. Helps when you don't have to scramble the brains. <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, that's definitely a good thing. Hey, I know you guys got to run, get ready for the, the meet and greet and everything, but congratulations. Enjoy the night tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for joining yep, us. Yep, thank you. That was uh, Dan Carpenter joining us uh, from Billings the other day, and uh, what a great guy. Yeah, uh, see, I can say nice things about the Grizz. Um, he was fun. He was fun to chat with, and it was a, it was a good time over the weekend. So appreciate uh, appreciate everybody we got a chance to talk with. If you missed any of those, you can go to uh, jasonwalkershow.com and check them all out. So there you go. Uh, let's see here. Man, reading some disturbing stuff about Trevor Bauer, the uh, Dodger pitcher who was almost a Met. Thank God he did not end up with the Mets. Wow. Uh, Montana Horses Magazine. All horses, all Montana. Montana Horses Magazine packed with every wonderful, wow-worthy thing you'll want to know about all things Montana Horses. Montanahorses.com. Proud to be partnered up. With those guys. On this day, brought to you by Big Sky Printwear. We print what you wear. It is June the 30th, the final day of June. It is National Meteor Watch Day. Social Media Day as well. Uh, 1903, Wimbledon women. Dorothea Chambers beats uh, her opponent for the first of seven Wimbledon titles. 1908, at 41 years, three months, future Hall of Famer Cy Young gets his third career no-hitter. Also on this date, 1908, at Wimbledon, Charlotte Cooper-Sterry wins her fifth and final Wimbledon title. 1910 at Wimbledon, New Zealander Anthony Wilding beats Arthur Gore, the first of his four consecutive Wimbledon uh, crowns. 1911 at the British Open, Royal St. George, Harry Varden wins his fifth championship by ten shots in a playoff. 1929, U.S. Open, Bobby Jones wins his third U.S. Open title a 36-hole playoff where he dominated Al Espinosa by 23 strokes in 36-hole playoff. That means they were tied going to the playoff. They played 36 holes. <laughs> Jones won by 23. 1934, Detroit radio exec George Richards paid just over or just under $8,000, $7,952.08 to buy the Portsmouth Spartans. Team was moved to Detroit to become the Lions. 1948, Bob Lemon with a no-hitter for Cleveland. 1962, L.A. Dodger Hall of Famer Sandy Koufax with a uh, no-hitter, the first of his four career no-hitters. And is it this one? There's my Sandy Koufax autographed photo. So there you go. How cool is that? Uh, Also on this date, 1978, Willie McCovey hit his 500th home run. And 1994, Tanya Harding banned for life by the U.S. Ice Skating Federation. Uh, happy birthday, Billy Mills, the uh, Pine Ridge, South Dakota runner. Won gold in 1964 in the 10K. He was born in 1938. A guy we've had on this show, Ron Swoboda, New York Met, the Miracle Met, 69, born in this date, 
1944, works for the Marlins now. Uh, Mike Tyson's birthday, 1966. Michael Phelps was born on this date in 1985. What does he have, 23 gold medals? Crazy. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. Hey, big thanks to all of our uh, guests today. Travis Lule, Dan Carpenter, Lance Hartzler joining us on short notice. Talk about NIL. If you missed anything, go to jasonwalkershow.com. One thing we did miss, 1933 on this date, the assay office... In Helena, Montana, Boise, Idaho, and Salt Lake City would close. So Helena lost its assay office. There you go. Um, final day of June. Happy birthday, Troy Ross. We are Troy Strong. It is his seventh birthday today. Hope you donated blood last week. Tomorrow, we are going to talk to uh, John Burnett from the Helena Senators and Sheriff Leo Dutton from Lewis and Clark County Sheriff's Department will join us. Hope you join us as well. 4 o'clock, see you right here. Jason Walker Show presented by Capital Collision Center. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.